That's not a good turn of events. I do not like that turn of events. Although like beards have been politicized very deeply at various moments in history. So it's perhaps not not totally surprising. So you shaved your beard because you feel it's been taken over by a bad lot. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's exactly why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it looks good though. Uh, Let's get started. Whatever. You're traveling through another dimension. It is dimension of sight, dimension of sound, dimension of mind. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, Handkerchief Dynasty with the secret professor and my good friend and master of the esoteric arts, the high priest of Orly's magic. How are you, high priest? Um, I mean, okay, Got a point. Got a point. You know, like it was, it was, a, it was a fun, it was a really fun game tying goal. In, in a way, I'm just happy no, just wasn't. for the moment. I, I was I was anticipating it. You could feel it. You could sense it coming. I was on my feet on the play, like like just convinced it was going to happen. And then it was super lucky. It was like a super yeah. crafty bounce kind of crafty know? bounce. A crafty bounce. That's yeah, a, like that's I think a, some witchcraft was involved. Someone someone manipulated the physics, the underlying yeah. physics. You Thank know, goodness they, for they Jedi Seth mind Jones. Seth Jones, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. People don't really like the Twitterverse doesn't complain about this about Seth Jones nearly as much as Ethan Bear. Why is that you think? Because he's been injured. Um, you think based on know. based think... on the like the like epic amounts of vitriol poured out over Ethan Bear, you'd think there would be a little bit more about Caleb Jones. I mean, like if this is what if this is what we're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I think Ethan Bear is just one of those. Miko Koskinen's the same way that for whatever reason the fan base is just like really glommed onto them and kind of refuses to acknowledge any deficits in their game uh perceived or real and they're just like kind of blind to reality right which is fine it's completely fine i mean caleb jones never did anything as an oiler as far as i'm concerned and uh i mean he hasn't really done anything as a blackhawk either so why people are anybody would be losing sleep over not having Caleb Jones? It's like, uh, okay, yeah. Some people, some people are like that though. They just uh, it's um, grousing about players that you don't have that you've lost is the hallmark of a Boilers fandom. Yeah, it's definitely one of the like kind of underlying substructures, you know, the like spilt milk uh, thing. You know, yeah, but I like, mean, if, if like Caleb thing, Jones is the player you're gonna hang your hat on, I'm sure kind a couple of people have hung a hat. You never know, kind of weak. Um, yeah, the Oilers did not play very well. The Chicago Blackhawks are one of the worst teams in the NHL. It was a game that uh should have been an automatic two points. I don't really care how tired they were. I mean, the Oilers have put themselves in a position where they need to win games. Um, maybe if they were winning games when they weren't as tired, uh, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But they they built themselves, they built that house themselves. So that excuse doesn't really hold a lot of water with me. Mikko Koskinen's been on a heater of late, but tonight not uh, to, cooled cooled off tonight. I got to tell you that third goal. Watching that third goal live, it's like, 
it was it was yeah. one of the worst goals I've ever seen. Honestly, I just have and to just be honest. And, you, you know, I love Miko Kostin. I respect him as a person. I'm sure his teammates love yeah, him. Absolutely, he's a gentle giant. I'm he's a rock. He's you been, know, he, he's been playing amazing lately. He's also but been playing goal, amazing lately. That goal, that goal was brutal. Like you can't even say it was brutal. You have to say it was brutal. Is the only way to describe you, it. It has to have that that intonation. The overtime goal. I mean, sure, it was a four on three. But Miko was, he was nowhere so to be found. He was out of position. Yeah, no. Which is another hallmark of his game. When Miko's not playing well, and when he's, you know, that's one of the things that he's doing is just like, so anybody who's been fooling themselves with talk that the Oilers don't have a goaltending situation anymore or that Miko has solved it. I mean, it's the same Miko. Sure, he's been on a heater of late. He's played some great games. Um, but for my money, the team is still in desperate need of a goaltender. And it's quite frankly shocking that they still have not got a goaltender. When it's not like like they're in a wild card battle. Like the time to get a goalie is now. For people we, clawed, saying, we clawed our way back into the last wild card spot with a one point tonight. But yeah, it's it's like it's a real battle in the West. Oh my so god! The war dude. the war is waging on the West. Like normally, it's all quiet on the Western Front by now, but it's the reverse. Like the Eastern Front is like done completely now. Yeah, the East there's no race at all, but in the West there's like a boatload of teams still in it. Yeah, and if the Oilers expect to. I don't know. I mean, the Oilers' schedule is is uh, it's not easy coming up. Montreal's playing really well right now. Anaheim's been um, playing beyond their expectations all season. Washington's, you know, it's not an easy team to play against. Tonight was yeah. a game the Oilers needed. They didn't show up. Seth Jones mm-hmm. gave them a point. Drysaddle took a bad penalty in overtime. Yeah, they didn't play well. Uh, I don't know. This team is, I mean, I'm glad everybody's getting some run out of um, their play of late, out of Miko's play of late, but uh, that run is going to look pretty ragged. Jesus Christ. Sorry about that, everybody. If this team um, drops another couple games, if, if, if the Oilers lose to Montreal, the mood in Edmonton um, and the fan base is going to be exactly where it was at post all-star game. It's going to be right there. Yeah. So no, it's uh, I mean, not only do we still not have a goalie to play, we should, we should, the tandem should be Miko plus someone else right now, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and then have Skinner as the, as the backup option. If someone goes down, that's, that's really the only way to fly it right now. Um, it should be somebody else in Miko, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Miko plus someone else. Yeah. And and like the fact that they haven't made that the case like since yesterday. I mean, the two the, the, the game today just even though he's had a string of really good play, who who do we have besides? You need two goalies. You're an NHL team. There need to be two. Like it's it's like it's like it's like Highlander if if there were if there could be only two instead mm-hmm. of one, basically, you know. There have to be two. There have to be at least two guys. And it's really weird. Like even though even uh, a lot of people in the media are kind of were since Miko had this strong run have started to get on 
the whole perspective of like, maybe we don't need a goalie. Maybe it's, it's like Stockholm syndrome style. And what did I say was going to happen? What did I say last time we recorded was going to happen, right? Yeah. People were going to start saying, ah, oh, you know what? Uh, this is okay. And I said, that would be the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. And it's exactly what's happening. And it bit the team tonight. And if, if you think that that's not going to happen magically, if the Oilers get into the playoffs, if you think that sort of stuff, isn't going to happen in the playoffs when it really matters. Hmm. I mean, you're kidding yourself. You're totally. kidding yourself. Yeah. No, it's uh, honestly, I, I feel as though the seeming difficulty, like this, the seeming lack of good trades going our way really in the Holland era and the seeming and the total lack of trades pretty much this year so far. Um, and the decisions made in this last off season, you know, are you looking at like a GM change in the off season? You know, let's say like if it, they do stand pat with the goaltending and, and load up in other places over the next couple of weeks here before the deadline, and then they, you know, they have a first round exit. I mean, how, how do you keep how do you keep Kenny Holland on as GM after that? You know, I'm not even talking playoffs at this point. I mean, I mean, maybe they make the playoffs. I'm not convinced. Well, here's another thing. I got to be perfectly yeah. honest, man. Brian Nugent yeah. Hopkins put on eye on long-term injured reserve. If he's out for a prolonged period of time, which it looks like he very well may be, that could be a, a real killer. Because honestly, we miss his moxie uh, through the whole 60 minutes. You know, like he's he's a presence. He's he's a he's a gamer. He makes a difference on special yeah. teams in a big way. Yeah, for and sure. And we might we might not have him for like a couple of months or like the rest of the year or something. You know something what, crazy. though, man. If you have a power play that boasts McDavid and Drysaddle, and you go one for four in a game against the Blackhawks, Nuge isn't the problem. Something else is going on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if 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 if, if taking Nuge out of a power play that's going up against the worst penalty killing. In also, league, I mean, taking him off five on five. I mean, remember how good that third line was for us. You know. Yeah. That third uh, line. I, that third. That third line was money. Dude, I guess I'm just saying that, like, if your team is built in a way where subtracting Nuge from the equation causes you to completely collapse. No, that's that's not that's not the lone cause. It's I would say that plus fatigue plus Koskinen giving up a couple of brutal goals. I mean, and also to be honest, the first goal was an insane defensive breakdown of like the highest order. Ugh. Like it was, I, I like when that like seeing that play, I was just like. You, you're giving this guy all the time in the world, all alone, like just all alone. You know, he's like singing, well, he was, singing fucking songs like karaoke style. There, like like epically long ballads about like loneliness and like like love lost in this world. You know, he had like a forty five minute set. Yeah, and then he you know shot the puck in. It was like brutal. Like I definitely don't blame Miko for that one. Yeah, it's confluence, confluence of factors, which is not a satisfying explanation for anything but unfortunately it is often the truest but like yeah the the goaltending situation i mean fuck you know we got rid of alex Stalock. part of me just wonders like what maybe just give give that motherfucker a game who the, who the fuck cares you know like cinderella run he's actually i mean his career numbers as an nhl goalie are actually like 909 i think which is you know would be okay right about now but obviously total long shot the need to make a trade for, for a goaltender. I love Miko. God bless him. I love all the players in the team. They're all out there fucking like battling like warriors flying to the boards. There was one play where Yamamoto like went hard into the boards 
yeah. then when they came back from commercial, the commentators were just like, they're like, oh, no, and he's staying out, you know, no worse for wear. Meanwhile, they like cut to him. But he's just like hunched over on the bench, like clearly like writhing in pain. I mean, it's crazy, yeah, right. man. The whole thing's crazy. The fact that, yeah, the fact that this exists mean, like, as like a spectator sport is insane. It's yeah, extremely frustrating right now. This this is one of the most frustrating, like in, visa, like in terms of play, in terms of like playoff pushes and playoff hopes, one of the most frustrating years for sure. Because we're Oilers, in it, but we feel like we're on the edge of a precipice every single the, night. The Oilers, if, if nothing else, the Oilers are, they excel at finding new ways to completely devastate their fan base. And I feel as though this season is, uh, you know, they're writing another masterpiece. Um, it's a dialectical that, relationship, though. In that, in that theme. It's definitely a dialectical relationship in terms of finding new ways to be disappointed. You know, it's like a weird, uh, like codependent relationship or something where like the, like the, the, the fucked upness on both sides contributes to just like some kind of like swirling kind of like pit of just like dysfunction, but like, it would all be fine if we just had a different GM who would get a fucking goaltender and like bring some God to, like, I mean, look up, look, I mean, whatever you think of him as a person, Adding Kane to this team has 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 gotten us points in the standings because we added a good player to the roster. Has Add it? some more good players. Oh, guaranteed, man. Guaranteed, like in terms of game-winning goals, game-tying goals, and all that. I mean, the, the game-tying goal tonight, he basically got us that point, you could argue. I mean, again, well, confluence of I, factors. I mean, I would argue that Seth Jones got us that point for my money, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Evander Kane guy, but there hasn't been a lot he's done that I've seen that really has made me be like, well, okay, okay. Maybe I was wrong. I mean, agree to disagree. But I mean, the point is that manager's we'll, job we'll is to bring as many I mean, good players. What do you mean? What's he done? He I scored mean, his, like what? Four goals. Uh, I think he's probably up to, he's like 15 games, maybe like 10 or 11 points now. Let's check it out. Shall we? Playing on a line with Leon Dreisler. Oh, whatever. You're going to, you're going to trot that out now. Uh, he certainly hasn't brought that edge that he was so, that was so um, touted, you know, that I've seen. I mean, again, agree to disagree. You think he's brought an edge to the team? A little bit, yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen it. I mean, I saw him sock okay. Brandon Lemieux. In 16 games, seven goals, 13 points. Plus nine, which is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot, a lot. Some people say he's still kind of getting going too. I mean, he's he didn't play the first half of the year, but the point is, the manager is not doing enough to support the, the good players we have by adding more complementary good players. It's just it's just the lack of transactions. It's disturbing to me. You know, I mean, even right now, like where we could use more forward depth, given some of the injuries we're dealing with, you know, and this can't be a lost season. I, I just don't understand. It's just so vexing the factors, the like lay of the land, the situation, you know, it's like it's like we're the Viking horde descending on the kingdom of Wessex. We have the, uh, the high ground. But like the Viking like Earl won't give the order to attack. He's like, nah, I'm going to wait. Wait for a different situation. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Huh? It's like, yeah, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up a first round draft pick. Okay. 
well, like, uh, I don't know why you're running things if you just don't want to, like, do stuff. I'm sure he's on the phone. I'm sure he's working the phones. But I have a feeling, I have a feeling like his approach to trades, trades and player acquisitions is old school and possibly out of date. Do you think that's possible? Like, how many, how many GMs of a, of a newer school do you think would have let the, the goaltending situation fester as long as it did? I don't know. I mean, the goaltending situation has been festering in Edmonton for like 15 years. So I'm not sure. Um, although like we've also, maybe you could argue we've had nothing but old school GMs, but other teams have old school GMs too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the, the team, the league is um, swimming in these new school. Yeah. GMs. It's maybe like one third to two thirds split. I would say new school versus old school still. I'd say one third new new school yeah exactly that's what i mean yeah so yeah you're right the majority are still old school lou lamarillo is still out there you know out on the ranch hanging out with the sutter you know talking about steer see maybe you know planning on carpooling down to the auction yeah Uh, the feed and what do they call it i love the advertising for the auctions for uh, like farm hardware yeah yeah, I don't know, man. They better do something or show up. Like, I understand that they're tired. but Well, this is the thing. I mean, I can understand Christ. why you're resistant to the whole they're tired thing. The scary Ugh. thing, the scary thing about saying they're tired is that you look at the calendar month of March and it's like literally like every single day is a game, pretty much. And you know what? The entire <laughs> league is playing like the same schedule. Like everybody is tired. You know what I mean? You, yeah. If you want to be playing in April, it's going to be tiring. If you want to win, you're going to be tired. Well, you and if you I don't mean? have enough, if you don't have enough good players to spread the time around, you're going to be even more tired as well. I think that's a big contributing factor with this team. You know, yeah. like I don't know. With Nuge think- out, Pulyarvi out, you know. The Hawks are a terrible hockey team, and the Oilers did not show up tonight. And they're yeah. lucky to escape with the point. Seth Jones gave them a point, you know. So, meh. I, I think if the if the same effort comes versus Montreal, we're playing well right now. Um, it's not going to be enough, and then the schedule doesn't get any easier past Montreal. Yeah. do you think maybe like do you think maybe in terms of like like giving giving points to teams well below them in the standings like maybe the Oilers are part of some kind of religious sect or uh like ideological uh organization that like it believes in kind of like giving back to like the lesser teams you know as like an act of charity you know the same way like Sikhs will give out like free meals as an act of charity maybe like the Oilers maybe it's like maybe it's just one of their things you know but they have to kind of keep it secret for obvious reasons. Yeah, I'm not There's sure. There's got to be some explanation is. for it. Yeah. I don't know what their problem is. I, I will yeah. say how fucking sexy was the Leon Dreisaitl power play goal. That play by Connor. And then like them buzzing and like really developing the play in real time yep. was like a sight to see. The angle of the shot, absolutely mm-hmm. loved that shit. thought mm-hmm. that was great. Mm-hmm could use a few more of those tonight the rest of the power plays were complete dog shit but that was a nice goal yeah what is with the power play dude 
That's a good question. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on the same power play, and it looks like it did for three of those four power plays tonight for the majority of the time. Um, I don't know. might be something they want to work on because the, the, uh, the argument that the Oilers don't get a lot of power plays – I mean, they have been getting quite a few power plays lately. Definitely a couple of missed calls late in this game, but we also got, they also had two too many men penalties in the first like 10 minutes. Like we we can't really complain. No, we got chances. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, if, uh, and sure, it's like, it's still the third best power play in the league, but um, a lot of times it just looks like there's absolutely nothing going on. Mm. I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. And I, I wouldn't even be mentioning playoffs. I mean, they're in a playoff race, mm-hmm. but they look far, far, far from the playoff team right now. And it, to my eye, if they were to get in with this team playing the way they're playing, it'd be another very early exit for the Edmonton Oilers. Very early. First round. Honestly, we have one goalie who can play pretty good sometimes, but we also know that we can't play him tons back to back. And then beyond that, it's like, you know, Skinner could be a goalie of the future. So sure. Totally. Smith has done a lot of great work for us in the past, but in the present, he does not look like a solid option. Get a fucking goalie. It's not, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you could figure out some goddamn fucking way to wheel a trade to improve this hockey team, just to give us some, just a little bit of a boost. We don't need that much. We're like playing Mario Kart. We're in fourth place. We just need like one mushroom. We don't need a golden mushroom. We don't need a star. We don't need the lightning bolt. Just give us one goddamn fucking mushroom so we can trip our balls off, hit the gas and like win this fucking playoff race and then see what happens. Like, I mean, he's got to be burning the phones. I mean, I'm sure he's doing his best. I just question whether there's, uh, an underlying conservatism uh, making it more difficult than it should otherwise be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced he's burning the phones at all. He said nothing at any point during this season to make me think that he believes the goaltending situation as, as dire as it clearly is. In fact, he's he said the exact opposite the entire time. That- yeah, but that's just, you know... I want your ugly. I want your disease. I want your everything as long as it's free. He's just, he's not, he shows his poker face, man. Yeah. That's part of his old school thing. He's, I, I still believe 100% that under the for the right trade, he'll trade that first round pick. But of course he's going to say he doesn't want to trade it. I, that's, I assume that's what's going on, you know, because why wouldn't you, you know, be digging your heels, put up a brave face, you know? I guess it's because the Oilers have had the opportunity to get goalies and the ask has been a first for a first rounder. And that's been the thing that they, that's a no, no go. Like it seems to be a legitimate thing that they're unwilling to give up a first rounder, you know, like it seems like it's not all talk. Well, whatever we're going to give up, you have to do something. I'm sorry. You know, like there's 31 teams in the league. I know that I know it's a weird year where like all the goalies that are available are I seem only like slightly better or worse than the ones we have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I know it's Canadian market, 
you know, the world's smallest violin is playing for you. But if, if they don't get a goalie, people should be um, held criminally liable or they should write libelous statements in the press or they should, you know, uh, by some kind of mass means demonstrate their, their disaffection because, See, you know, I, is, I love, like, I love these guys and they just need a little help. We just need one mushroom. That's all we're asking for. It's yeah, not that but, hard, but it's easy to see how a GM could be lulled into a sense of security with alcohol. I mean, Miko's with been what? playing. Miko's been playing great lately, right? But then he blows the game tonight. With Man, the third goal was brutal. Yeah, the last egregious. goal was brutal. And and honestly, we know we've seen him play well before, but we also know he can at times struggle. Like oh, again, we're not doing do anyone any favors. I mean, it's it's stressful for him too. The poor guy. Like like give him. Uh, there was one interesting theory I wanted to ask you about, actually, that Rashog had, which was that the coaching change probably really gave Miko a boost because under Tippett, he's known the whole time, basically, that his that the number one guy for Tippett was Mike Smith. The way he talked about them was different. The way he, he started them was different. It was a whole yeah. different level, whole different energy, whole different vibe. Where like you know, Dave Smith is like you know, I know, I know Mike Smith. Dave Tippett's all I know. I know Mike Smith. You know, uh, Mike Smith is like this. You know, Mike mm-hmm. Smith is one of the but Mike Smith, Mike Smith. You know, totally. So so when Woodcroft comes in, it's like he's gone from being guaranteed second fiddle to you know potentially like being the guy. So yeah. I think he'll actually probably continue to play better over the stretch here. Yeah. But you can't play him five games in a row. We need someone else. And maybe that's what? someone else's Skinner, but it could also very well fucking be another professional goaltender from yeah. outside the organization. Also, in the playoffs, the game, it's like you're playing every second night. You know what I mean? You're playing every second night in high-stress situations where, yeah, where a mistake, one mistake, one of those goals in a series can it's derail bedlam. the it's entire bedlam. series. Totally. It like you know? changes the gravitational constant of the universe. Sometimes a single goal in a playoff series. It's an epic thing. Remember uh, Dan Cloutier against the wings that one year when the Canucks had that great team and they were supposed to go real deep and Dan Cloutier let in a stinker when the Canucks were up. I think they were up like two nothing in the series and the wings came back and, and it was all, it was that goal. That's what did it. It takes one of those goals to completely turn a series. Yeah, there's just no way. I mean, you can't <sighs> like get a my... guy who's nine oh five right now. Get a guy who's nine oh nine. Get a guy who's nine ten. I don't well, just care. Get a guy who doesn't do that. There's guys out there. Get a gal. Like, Hire Mika a lady. Does... It doesn't matter. Miko does that often, you know. And people saying, people were saying tonight on Twitter the old refrain of "Oh, Miko hanging around Mike Smith too much." Let me tell you something. Miko Koskinen has given up that goal many, many more times than Mike it looked Smith. Like he basically passed past it. Week. He looked like he passed it to the guy. Like I almost wonder if like the like mafia was involved because it was like such a weak attempt to clear it, and it like literally just looked like he passed it directly to the Chicago well, player. He didn't even look. He didn't even look at all. It was like a backhand pass up the boards. Like it was textbook. Don't do this if you're a goalie. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, the textbook they hand out to all the players at the combine every year, right? The big one with the big lettering, don't yeah. do this. And then it yeah. goes through the various things not to do. Yeah. I don't know. Really sloppy game. Really glad they beat one of the two awful teams they played. I like Fogel. I'm still they on Fogel. I'm still on board with Fogel, but what do you think about him on the line with uh, Connor right now? I don't, I'm starting to have doubts. I think they might want to try some, try a different look. That line looked completely silent to me tonight. Silent. I didn't see, I mean, on the power play on that one power play on Dry's goal, Connie was flying. But other than that, didn't see much from that line at all tonight. I mean, the Connie had a, some, some, he had some push for sure. But yeah, I agree. Um, I also continue to feel as though he's still young, he's still developing, but. Man, oh man, like you see the potential with a guy like Ryan McLeod and uh, it really makes one uh, wonder, really makes one kind of like tip their hat back like they're about to tell a story. I, I've i seen Ryan McLeod. Mm-hmm. I think he's exactly the kind of player that previous management would have given up on too soon. But like he's, as he, I don't, honestly, just his patience with the puck at times is... Uh, I think really, really like high level, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got a I good, agree. he's got a good, good potential, good skill set, and definitely some jam. Um, you know, looks like, I, I think there's more offense coming from him eventually too. Oh, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can start the wind up procedure though, brother, patron, saint. Okay. Um, yeah. The, uh, the whole like playing against Chicago thing is just so inherently depressing on a certain level. Like I really hate losing to the Blackhawks almost more than any other team. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. I can't, this one, I can't think of a team I want to lose to less. Uh, yeah. It's really like, it's like a bad sleep. That's what it feels like. Yeah. That's a good way of describing it. Like it fucks up your whole day, you know? Yeah. Like what's wrong with you? You're like, oh, I had a bad sleep. Yeah. Ah. Fuck. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Sometimes I wonder if the people in my office, because I'm going into the office, but it's super empty. Not completely mm-hmm. empty, but super empty. And I'm often swearing at my computer, like on the reg. I'd say it happens several Doesn't times a day. I mean, I find it very empowering and quite exhilarating, to be honest. So I, but I often wonder what people, if people are hearing me. I mean, when I hear people yelling at their, like screaming up expletives at their computer, I just think, well, this is a healthy and adjusted person who knows how to handle, knows how to handle frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I do it as well. Yeah. I do it as well. When the computer does something, I just cannot believe it did. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Totally. I mean, it can be anything, too. Like, I was on hold with the bank for, like, several hours yesterday or or no it was the day before yesterday i was so frustrated because i got through at one point after waiting for like an hour and 15 minutes and the first thing i said was oh can you call me back if we get disconnected and they're like no i can't call you back i can't make calls i'm like okay hopefully we don't get disconnected and then boom (laughs) disconnected i can tell you i let the expletives fly at that time too it's not just computers it can also be phones but i think the real final frontier and this is what elon musk should be researching is a computer that takes your 
your uh, expletive filled tirades as like a sensory input, you know, do some machine learning on that shit where it's like, Oh, you know what? Actually swears per hour went up 25% when we made this change guys. Oh, really? Yeah. People like people were swearing like 3% less when we use this icon instead of that icon. Oh, damn. Cause that's the most honest feedback also in, in interpersonal situations, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like I feel point. people are at their most honest when they've just been burned by like some hot tea and they just like let one fucking rip. Sometimes I feel as though the computer does respond to my swears, like, uh, or when I threaten it, when it's doing something, <laughs> or I'll be like, I swear to God, like, if you do it to me this time, like, there's going to be hell to pay. I'm going <laughs> to dump a glass of Pepsi all over you. Oh, and, then it'll, and then it'll come through. <laughs> and then the computer and I will share this moment, like, okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me. And the computer's like, no problem. I got you. But then other times it's like when I really need it to come through and it doesn't. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. How could you, how could you do this to me? <laughs> I thought we were a team here. Yeah, totally. I agree it's, with you. Elon Musk should definitely be yeah. his R&D, R&D of the boring corporation should be all over that. It's a fragile piece between man and technology, really. It could go, it could go sideways at any time. It's a tricky one. It's true. At the same time, I think we all feel closer to our computers than we do to like most people. Oh yeah. Like, like if your if your computer just had suddenly went poof, it's mm-hmm. like your best friend just died, basically. Yeah, it'd be really sad. You're like, so, how, how, how how do I live? My work supposed computer, to live? especially. My home computer, I think I'd be fine. Uh, no, I need the home computer. The well, home PC home is, is like is like being phone. in a long term committed relationship. Uh, okay, yeah, so never, yeah, your home computer, your home computer is basically your phone. Interesting. Yeah, pretty much. Your phone I person. Mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but my work computer is like crucial. That's like being asexual. Um, the work computer is crucial. You... So what, like, I mean, obviously for work, but I mean, I assume it's also based on this conversation being used for other purposes. My work computer? <laughs> no, no, not really. No. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, we gotta, no. we gotta get on that work computer, edit some film footage. That'd be fun. Use it for what it was made for, man. <laughs> anything going on at the uh the old theater these days anything good coming up special uh program or program oh yeah man lots of stuff non-stop we're showing meek's cutoff you ever see meek's cutoff kelly right no you know i've always wanted to see meek's cutoff it's oh, got uh, what's his name in it yeah yeah amazing yeah. we're showing that we're showing oh, soaring, with, soaring with green on saturday where the wild things are for the kids uh, good, Nightmare good Alley tomorrow night. Not bad, not bad. Um, uh, Stalker, the Tarkovsky movie. We're showing that next week. Hopefully, classic, classic. I mean, we'll see what happens. There's been a lot of places that have been not showing Russian movies. Oh, here's okay. That's a good segue. I mean, do you think? I mean, uh, there was one TSN journalist who shall remain unnamed on Twitter who was basically saying. Ovechkin has to come out against Putin 
And people were like, dude, like, what about like if it, like threats against his family back in Russia? And the guy was like, I'm sure Ovechkin's status would protect his family in Russia. It's like, yeah, dude, have you like read the news in the last 10 years? Like yeah. motherfuckers being like hit with poison darts and like depleted uranium, you know, like it's not exactly like to, for, to, to demand some kind of purity test for someone from someone on Twitter yeah. when there could very well be like grave consequences to the things you're demanding is like a you bit much to me. You know what, though, if I was Ovechkin, I would maybe think about changing my Instagram profile pic. You know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. Maybe like get rid of the one where you're shaking hands with Putin. That would be news if he did change his Instagram pic, for sure. Might, might not be might not be the worst idea. I mean, it's you a know? it's a fucking crazy. Honestly, it's it's like the craziest news time of like ever. Like it actually feels to me, it feels bigger than 9-11 in many ways in terms of possible consequences. So I'm kind of just like glued to the news and like maintaining a state of cat-like readiness, Marge style. Um, Well, every morning, every morning I wake up and the first thing I check for is if uh, somebody was nuked the night before, you know what I mean? Totally, yeah. It's like, I, I see, I usually do that right after my Wordle. I do Wordle to like build up the spiritual energy to right. uh actually i do that too and then if i, I fail at wordle i kind of like hope like world war three has started because i'm so pissed off i'm like oh fuck adieu how did i not get adieu there's actually an what's, archive archive version uh, of wordle okay. where you can go back and play the old ones what's your streak at these days you know what mine's at oh i don't even know can't be good i, I haven't even been following it mine's at like 53 damn son yeah you're i think like, i might like, be the I think I might be the best Wordle player on the face of the earth, to be honest with you. I think Gus Van Sant should make a movie about you and how good you are at Wordle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> be like hundreds of millions of users worldwide. But but the one that do it do how to play it the best yeah. was mopping the floors. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm really good at Wordle. It's crazy, man. I've been like reading up about like Ukrainian Canadian history because I think like growing up in Western Canada, like you're so exposed to Ukrainian oh, Canadians. They're like absolutely. everywhere, like everywhere, yeah. like literally yeah. every every third I'm person. I'm Ukrainian. You are? Your family yeah, well, is Ukrainian? My mom's side is, yeah. Oh, there you go. See, there you go. Krooper. Krooper with a K. Krooper. Interesting. Yeah. What part of Ukraine do you know? Do you know like when they came over? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was... There were like three or four um, distinct kind of like waves. It was my grand, my great grandparents were from Ukraine and they came over. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, probably like turn of the century. That's right. It sounds about right. Ukrainian Canadians interned during world war one as quote unquote subjects of the Austro Hungarian empire. What do you think really? it felt like to be interned halfway around the world for being a quote unquote subject of the Austria Austro Hungarian empire? Yeah, that's got to be a pretty harsh vibe. I'm sure that was pretty fucked up. Yeah, harsh vibe, absolutely. I think it was like eight thousand were interred, and then another like thirty, forty thousand were like on like parole, where they're like, "Hey, carry these papers at all times, otherwise, uh, we'll shoot you in the street." It would really make me want to sidle up to the Austria-Hungarian Empire. You know, could I mean? you find it? Could you point to it on a map? Could you explain what what the fuck it is? Like, does yeah, any right. has any historian? We have all these professional historians. Not one of them has been able to explain to me what the Austro-Hungarian Empire is. They, they talk about Habsburgs. It's like I don't know what does that even mean. I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy times, man. 
crazy times. I mean, we can only hope for a ceasefire, some kind of drawdown, some kind of de-escalation, because it's like, it's nuts, man. I don't think that's, I mean, I it's don't It's bringing know. out the worst in a lot of people, too. Like, the racist news coverage, where people are like, who would have thought this would happen to white people? It's like, dude, like, fuck off. Like, you're, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, man. Well, it's, it's mean, also the, the European like, wars are very like it is. It's racist, of course, but like European wars, <sighs> like the large, the largest military operation since World War Two in Europe. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different than like, um, like <laughs> warfare in other parts of the world. You know, yeah, because it's it's at the center of the global kind of hegemonic empire, but it's also like a much more of a world historical event. Like we're looking at things like what's going to be the future of the European Union and what's going to be the future of NATO. Germany's double, tripled their defense budget overnight. They're like, dude, we're going to we're going to be Germany now. You know, Germany also has extremely long term, even though I think I think the political situation vis-a-vis Russia could be like destabilized for 100 years for all we fucking know now. Who knows? Yeah. But traditionally, Germany's had really close economic ties to Russia. And I don't know. I, I, I imagine there might be some kind of future where NATO looks different as well. I mean, if you're Germany and you're paying for a big military and France is over there, you know, paying for their big but like shittier, slightly shittier military, trying to yeah. be big men because they're French. They're just like, oh, we have our big military. Yeah. They just want to go into like fucking Indochina or some crazy shit. Like, right. dude, ch- chill out. OK, this is in Algiers. Yeah. Okay. We're not we're not reliving uh, all that stuff. But if if you're those countries and you're actually paying for your militaries, would you also want to to have this other outside like entity coming in? Like I'm sure in terms of like yeah. nuclear deterrence and whatnot, there still need to be cooperation. I don't know. The rules have changed though. It feels it feels as though the rules have changed and um or they changed a while ago and we're just realizing it now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's. Uh, I've been listening to uh, that song "New New World Order" by Ministry pretty much on a loop because, like, I don't know what the world order is based on right now. Yeah. It was kind of a miasmic dream of just like, oh, you know, quote unquote rules based order, but we'll invade countries and do stuff if we want to. Oh, you know, we need we're going to maintain peace and democracy, and it's all going to be about trade. But we'll ever once in a while we'll just bomb some people. And like, it seems like eventually someone was just like, okay, well, we'll do this too. And then everyone's like, oh shit, wait. So like, what now? I think everyone is wondering what now, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to end it. That's a good way to end the podcast. All right, everyone. Enjoy this. Uh, Enjoy your Eve. Thank you for listening. Thank you for feeling. Thank you for singing and dancing. Be sure to share why they... Let's try to record after the game on Saturday, possibly, because I think that's going to be a uh, after a the big, Montreal, a big one, a big one. Yeah, yeah. I think winner, winner, lose, we'll have opinions. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, yeah, what time is that game? I think it's the early game. Actually, it's the first game. So it's like four. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. At some point this weekend. I know I can do that. Or, yeah, definitely Sunday, if not then. Okay. All right, well, have a nice night, bro. Thanks for uh, talking as always. Take care. See you later, man. Bye-bye.